in any old style music group? What music group would you want to pop into? Music group. Mm-hmm. I would probably want to be part of the Whalers with Bob Marley. Ooh, good one. I love that one. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Because those women be fucking getting it. Yeah. So I maybe them if I was like had to be a backup singer in someone's group or something like mm-hmm. that. I'd be a whaler. I dig that. How about you? Ooh. Okay. Besides wanting to be like Ella Fitzgerald with Louie, because <laughs> that's okay, obviously my okay. go-to, but that's not like a group. And you kind of, with Bob Marley and the Whalers, then I started thinking, I was like, oh my God, I would like kick ass with George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic. That was going to be my part two, too. I wanted <laughs> to be like a, a space person and some glitter and some big ass high. Like, yeah, I, they look like they did a lot of drugs, had a lot of, fun, a lot of fun and made great music. And like, no one, no one, lo- like, you gotta love the funk. You gotta love funk. Oh, we want the funk. funk. Gotta, Gotta have, have that, that funk. funk. <laughs> That's a good one. That was, I mean, that was just off the top of my head. You know? You oh. know me? <laughs> okay, well, hey, everybody. Hey, welcome everybody. back. Yay, welcome back. Happy New Year. Can we say that now? Happy New Year. I know the year is already in the swing of things. We, we tired. You know, we had shit to do. Yeah. We had to get our, our personal lives together, mental health, so we could come back and give you quality shit. Yeah, baby. Tell them. And here we are. We're so back. welcome. Hi, welcome 2022 back. to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. Where we pair amazing cocktails, cocktails. with amazing movies. movies. Yay! <laughs> and tonight is no different, except that it's one of my favorite months of the year. I'm stoked. February. It's February, baby. Black History Month. Nothing I love more than Black History Month. Yeah. So. I actually, can I just say, I I saw a hashtag out recently that's Black Future Month. And I'm down for that alternative hashtag as well. I am. Uh, I mean, we can talk about the presence of the black people who are making changes and making history in our own history today. Yeah, making history during history month. During history month. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am the girl group singing. Will always be there for my man. Stand by your man. I know, that's what I kind of felt like as soon as I said it too. <laughs> With the cutest hair. It will stay with you until you get saved, Zenobia. Mm. And I am the wildin' out, singing with my heart out, fake it till I make it. Probably got caught up in the drug scene and craziness of it all, but I had to <laughs> pull me back. I pulled you back. Pulled me back. <laughs> Cause I knew that nights like this. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. Raindrops would, would fall. fall. <laughs> Lenny. I'm Lenny. here, baby. <laughs> so if you guys haven't already figured out what we are doing. Oh, yeah, please. For Black History Month. I picked one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it. The Five Heartbeats. Woo! Boom, 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 boom. Yes. I love it. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. She, y'all, I had never seen this movie because nope. we didn't grow up with this movie. And I gotta say, 
We missed out. I watched it with my parents. They loved it. Did they? Uh-huh. It was so cute. I was like, you guys, we were sleeping on this in the 90s. And my dad's like, oh, this is really good. My mom's like, <laughs> of course, my mom is like, oh, why do they always have to fall to drugs? <laughs> like, yeah, I know. At least one. That's how it goes down. Band member always has to fall to drugs. But yeah, <laughs> my family was sleeping on this movie so hard. I loved it. And thank you for the number. This is number one pick for sure. Well, I am very happy that I introduced this beautiful movie to your family. Oh, you fucking rock. I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. I mean, yes. it's a banger. I just, yeah, this this movie is a solid. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest you see it. If you have seen it and you love it, you're going to watch it after this, definitely, because definitely. this is such a great movie. <laughs> such a great movie. <laughs> it is. So before we get started on this wonderful movie... You know what time it is. Oh, I've been waiting for this time. I'm ready to drink. Yeah. And the time has come. Time has so, come. So, for this beautiful movie of Five Heartbeats, we have found this drink called Perfect Harmony Cocktail. Cocktail. And it is a perfect harmony. You found the perfect harmony harmony cocktail. I mean, I hope so. I haven't accepted it yet. You have. But, like... <laughs> I am very excited. I, I literally just made it before we started, so I, I know. have it. Y'all, your girl totally like made a video of the cocktail for, you know, the gram and TikTok. And I was like, well, I just made one. I'm not going to not try it. I mean, yeah. So I totally drank it, but then I gave it to my father because he was really excited about it. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, so perfect harmony. What you're going to need Give is two ounces of vodka or white whiskey, which had me scratching my head for a second because I was high and I was like, what the fuck's white whiskey? <laughs> it's it's but, such a funny way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very funny way to put it. So as I'm asking Lenny this, she very smartly reminds me that it is most likely moonshine, yeah. which it is. Yep. I so used my brain. <laughs> And <laughs> my brain was high. I'm sorry. It was earlier in the day for me than it was for you. Uh-huh. That <laughs> so is true. Really that is true. Okay. So do your two ounces of vodka or white whiskey, a.k.a. moonshine. Moonshine. You're going to do three-fourths ounce of l- fresh lemon juice. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do two ounces of cinnamon clover simple syrup, which was quite easy to make. Mm -hmm. I did two cups of water, one cup of sugar. You're going to put one cinnamon stick in there, a couple of cloves in there, a one and a half inch of fresh ginger. So you're going to put all those in there, let it simmer and boil, and then you're going to let it sit. And it also said to pour a tablespoon of dark rum in there i don't know if you did that but i did i did not and i just put a little bit just because it said no. it can't really do much mm-hmm. but yeah so that was the cinnamon clover ginger simple syrup and then you're going to use two ounces of cranberry juice which i had quite a day with the cranberry juice today i bought a small six pack of the little cranberry juices and I'm walking out of the store with my bag with the booze and all, <laughs> and I'm just carrying the cranberries. And as soon as I cross the threshold of the fucking store, they immediately just like, Psh, 
break, oh, fall, no. and roll all over the place. Oh, no, Z. Yeah. I just see you just running like, around chasing these, like, rolling cans going everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm wearing this dress that I'm wearing now. It's quite short, so, like, bending over was just like, oh, shit, <laughs> like, in front of the store. Some lady helped me. She grabbed a couple of them and put them in my bag. Like, I was so embarrassed. I felt like Macaulay Culkin in in Home Alone where his grocery bags just, just like drops psh, just oh, break. No. That's how I felt. <laughs> so it, sad. It, made, it definitely made me laugh. So this cranberry juice oh. I had to go through some shit. Yeah. So you're gonna use the two ounces of the cranberry juice and then one and a half ounce of club soda. You're gonna shake it, put it into a nice rocks glass, and you're gonna garnish it with a cinnamon stick. And that, my friends, is the perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. Yes. All right, so you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's cheers it out. All right, cheers. Cheers to my my favorite bandmate. Mmm. <laughs> I love it. It's very. I love it. It's refreshing. It's light. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of alcohol in it. No, because it's a perfect harmony of flavors. Oh, it is. <laughs> Definitely. Dare I? I mean, seriously, because I was nervous that the clove would be somehow overpowering to the cranberry or the cocktail to the vodka, but it all honestly is perfectly smooth. And it gives. It is perfectly smooth. It gives not a holiday vibe, but definitely like winter esque vibe. Like, because we're in the middle yeah. of winter. And I was like, wow, cinnamon and clover. It's perfect. It is. When I was making the simple syrup, I was like, it feels like Christmas in here. It smells mm-hmm. very good. But this perfect five-part harmony. Oh. He knows I wrote all the music in five-part harmony. Five-part harmony. Cocktail, since it has five, five ingredients. ingredients. It's like perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, you found the perfect cocktail for this, babe. Good job. Yes. So I thought it was going to be a little rusty, but I hit it out of the park. Yeah, you found it within seconds. You're like, and this is what we're drinking. And I was like, thank I you. I did find it within seconds. I looked at one other drink and then this one. And I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Not only did it have five ingredients for our five heartbeats, but it was in full perfect harmony. Five-part harmony. Five-part five harmony. harmony. Bobby knows <laughs> that I, I write in five-part harmony. <laughs> Oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Bobby! <laughs> Where the fuck are Where? you at, Bobby? Where did Bobby Before we get go? into to my heart street, can we just, like, shout out to Bobby? <laughs> yes. Let's give a proper shout out to Bobby. Lenny has brought up something to me that I kind of just, like, never really cared and just glossed over because I've been watching this movie my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I don't, like, be thinking of stuff. But she's like... <laughs> What what the what fuck happened, happened to Bobby? To Bobby? <laughs> I was like, well, he got shot. Oh, fucking oh. And he got hit by a car. I don't know. But we ne- <laughs> never heard from him ever again. We don't know. And like we see the guys who are chasing after them at the the bar so we know that they don't stop and get bobby right or do you think- he might be in the car oh see we don't know <laughs> we, don't- we don't know bobby's fate is completely left up to who knows i know who knows robert townsend, robert townsend. and if i ever meet this fool the first thing i'm gonna ask him is like yo what the fuck what happened, happened to bobby, to bobby? <laughs> He's the original five heartbeat member that never gets spoken of nope. past the first 10 minutes of the movie. No. 
Uh-uh. It's so sad. And, like, at least, because then I was thinking about it in reference to, like, that thing you do. Remember how mm-hmm. the uh, guy breaks his arm, his the drummer arm. breaks his arm, and at least you see him kind of, like, he helps out in the starter. You, like, know that he's yeah, okay. But we yeah, don't know what happened to Bobby. For... <laughs> I think Bobby's dead because yeah, he got shot. Th- Hit by a car. Like, I'm sure they caught up to him and put two in his head and kept running. Shit. And they're coming after Eddie King. Poor Eddie King. (laughs) Okay. So, enough about Bobby. Sorry, Bobby. Think about that. Just sit on that Firebody Beats. (laughs) Used to be six. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that Duck was just the The writer. Piano wrote the songs. Yeah. He is the original shy guy. Yeah. Mm hmm. So cute. Okay. All right, so are you ready for a little bit of her story? Teach me something, baby. Yes. Yes. It's been so long, and I'm ready to give you guys some her story. I just want to tell you guys that I definitely miss learning something every week, and I feel good to learn something. So here we go. Okay. So we are going to be talking about one of the main ingredients in this cocktail, and that would be... Vodka. Vodka, baby. Vodka. So usually you think of vodka, you think of Russia and cold weather and things like that. But today we are going to be talking about probably the number one vodka in the country right now. You say it. Tito's Vodka. Yeah, baby. I love Tito's. Get it, Tito's. All I know is that, oh, I am now, everybody, officially a bartender. Yay! That's so exciting to announce. I'm so proud of you. Officially a bartender, thanks to all of you guys in this show. And so Tito's is always called out when somebody wants anything. They're like, yeah, can I get Tito's and Vod Club Soda? Yep. Tito Martini, baby. Tito you up. Oh, I want you to make me a Tito's Martini. I will. I'll make it dirty, baby. Oh, so dirty. So, we're going to talk about Mr. Tito's. So, there is a real Tito's. He's a person. It's not like, you know, just some rando thing. Tito's <laughs> is Bertito Beverages. Bertito like, Beverages. Like, his real name is Beverages. Beverage. Get out of here. How do you get that? You... How, how, how does that happen? I don't know. You have to go into the drink industry. If you have a, na- a last name called Beverage or Beverage yeah. or I don't know. Is it like an accented thing? It's B E V E R I D G E. Wow. <laughs> I know. I had to double check because I thought that, like, that was the company's name. Beverage. You know, like Tito's Beverage Co. But no, his name is. Beverage. That is awesome. Like seriously, like born for this industry. He was, and his story is pretty cool. I love it. Okay. So, Tito's Beverage. Um, in the nineties, he. He seems like like the cool uncle or that dude down the street that always hangs out in their garage. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. That's how that's the feeling that I get from him. Like I love this guy. Like he would be the neighbor I'd be kicking in his his garage smoking weed and you know, drinking beer at his house. Like that's Tito. I love it. So Tito would give away booze for Christmas gifts, which is also a thing that, that I also do. Yeah, you did. That's what I got for Christmas this year, you guys. I got a really so, fresh bottle of Grand Marnier. It was amazing. Yes. Made with love. So much love. So he would 
you know, buy someone a case of like wild turkey or like a 36 pack of some beer, whatever. You know, he would just buy his friends and family alcohol, which is something I definitely do. Yeah, I'd be and, down. <laughs> like, let's be friends. And one year he was kind of broke, so he bought really, really cheap vodka. And he decided that he was going to make a habanero vodka. Oh. And so he let it soaked and stuff. He gave it out to his friends. And he kind of told them to, like, not necessarily, like, drink it, but use it a little bit in your Bloody Marys to give it a little extra spice. Mm -hmm. Other people said to keep it in your freezer and then take shots of them cold. So you take it and it goes down good. So it's cold and, like, it gives that fiery heat that you want that lingers. (gasps) Yep. That's genius. I love that. I'm writing that down. Write it down because I expect uh, one for Christmas. Yeah, that's such a good idea. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Tito's yeah. beverage. So, <laughs> so the next year, his friend's girlfriend was like, Tito, that was like awesome, but you're not going to do that spicy shit again, right? Because it's like blowing everybody's buttholes off. <laughs> and so he was like, fine, I won't. So he does a raspberry and a black cherry one. Ooh. So like a nice little sweet one. He gave it to his friends. Everybody is like, oh, my God, you need to sell this shit. Oh, my God. And so he's like, okay. And this is in like the the mid to late 90s. And so the next thing that he did was he started making his own vodka out of corn and he had to do like some research on even knowing figuring out what to do because he like made his and like would hustle it around like to his friends and neighbors then one day he like went to a liquor store and like sold it they were no they were like get the fuck out of here we can't just take your homemade (laughs) booze and sell it here everything's regulated you dumbass like pretty much that's what they told him yeah and he was like, oh, I didn't know. Like, what do I do? Hey, come on. He's and starting so, out his own business. Give the guy a break. <laughs> so he goes to his local library so that he could look up information on his CD-ROM. Oh, yeah. Old tech Classic. alert, y'all. Classic. Yes. And in doing that, he realized that there had never been a vodka distillery in Texas where he lives. And... When he started doing more research, he saw that they, during Prohibition, they were, like, busting up old moonshine places out there. But there was no, like, legal vodka being made okay. in Texas. And he took pictures of those kind of distilleries and kind of ghetto built his own so that he could make his own vodka. I'm right? obsessed. Okay. He goes to the city, tells the city, like, I'm trying to sell my vodka. And they're like, you can't sell vodka in Texas. And they're like, read, like you got to read the the book. And so, like, he goes and reads the book, and he comes back, and he's like, there's nothing that says I can't make fucking vodka in, in Texas, bitch. And they're like, oh, shit. I guess you're right, because nobody ever reads this. We just tell them no, and we walk away. That's so funny and so yeah. fucked up. <laughs> it is very, very fucked up. So in doing this, he followed a bunch of regulations of how to, you know, properly make this and distribute it. And in doing that, he became the first vodka distillery in Texas. And Where'd this go? is Tito's Beverage. And so this is in <laughs> I know. <laughs> And this is around 1997 when he starts to be up and running and he kind of tried to raise money, but nobody wanted to give him money. And he's out there buying the most basic 
standard bottles with no frills on it. Yeah, not he, keep it simple, man. Yeah, he made his own label. He like did his like little little design on the computer. He was like gluing them onto bottles and sending like he was like literally doing that for years. Yeah. And then he finally started going to like spirit shows and stuff like that and found out that like literally all the these dispenser or these distilleries that he thought were small mom and pop shops are all owned by big distilleries. Mm. It's like a hard game to get into and okay. somehow Tito's beverage broke the code and started a new thing of crafty crafted cocktails. Fuck yeah I did. And so he did this for about five to six years until he won the double gold medal for vodka at the San Francisco Spirits Competition in 2001. And he just blew up from there. Because I feel like Tito's literally just came out of nowhere. I mean, I haven't been drinking since 97, obviously. Obviously. But, like, I feel like I didn't see it until the last, like, five, six years. It just, like, kind of came out of nowhere. Like, what is this Tito shit? But it's been in the game since 97. That's amazing. And... It's pretty cool. I would definitely say read the back of the bottle. It kind of gives you a small little story written by Mr. Tito's himself. And it's since it's made out of corn, it is gluten-free, people. So for you people who have gluten allergies, Tito's might be for you. Woohoo! And low-carb diets. <laughs> yeah. And another really cool thing is that in 2020, Tito's transitioned to making industry-approved hand sanitizer during the pandemic. Oh my god, I love them. It makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. Because vodka would just automatically cleaning everything. Yeah. So smart. So yeah. That is a little story about Tito's beverage. I love it, Mr. Tito's beverage. He's cute. He's like a older dude, salt and pepper hair. He's like I said, he seems like the 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 white dude down the street that like probably wears flip flops, hangs out in his garage, and you know tells you just just random shit. Yeah, you know? totally. Like he knows everybody in the neighborhood. He's got everyone on lock. He knows everybody. He knows what everybody. they like. They know mm-hmm. he knows their schedules, and yeah. he, and he's pouring the shots. The whole the 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 refrigerator outside only has booze in it. Like you know, he's one of those dudes. I could definitely definitely see that. We would party with that dude. I if I ever met Tito's, I'd be very excited. I just watched a bunch of interviews of him. He seems cool. <laughs> and that's funny too, because it's been since nineteen ninety seven. I really just honestly do not remember any Tito's until moving to San Francisco. Like seeing Tito's at all wasn't until I was in San Francisco. Obviously, I was over twenty one, and but maybe a more metropolitan style with distribution. I guess. Well, all I'm all I'm saying is, I learned so much today about Tito's. I know, I love it. It made me like it. It's that awesome uh, vodka that goes down pretty smooth, and it doesn't cost more than like twenty twenty five bucks. Like. Yeah, it's a decent spirit for a good price. I, I definitely I mean, that, always that's have how a much handle like a of big it. one is. Yeah, yeah. I always have. Should I admit that? I always have a no. handle of Tito's vodka. I also always have a <laughs> handle of Sailor Jerry's. <laughs> I don't have Sailor Jerry's. I do need to get some. Okay, so are you ready for the motherfucking, motherfucking drinking, drinking game? game. Yes, sir. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. So here we are. 
I'm ready to get drunk. With the motherfucking drinking game for the five heartbeats. So grab your perfect harmony cocktail and take a sip when mm-hmm. Duck is writing a song. Oh so anytime God. you see him huddled writing on, some on his little piece of paper, his scrap papers. I love him. You know, he's sitting in the dark with a flashlight, sitting in the hallway. We're out together. I believe, I believe. Messing up the room so his sister can't clean it. Steph, I'm trying to clean up this room. I'm trying to write a song. All right, but if this room is not clean by the time Mom and Daddy get home, somebody's going to be in big trouble. If this song isn't written by Saturday, I'm going to be in trouble. You're going to take a sip. Which I think all of us have the biggest crush on Duck, right? Like, that's, like, the purpose of Duck is everyone's just in love with him, right? Just me? Okay. Oh, okay. okay. One, I knew that he was going to be your favorite. You knew from, it, right? Like I knew it. From his style of clothing. <gasps> He's so just stylish. Like, it's his art, like, all of it. I was like, oh, she's going to fall in love with it. Oh, my no, God. No, as a kid, I was in love with sleazy-ass Leon. Like, I shouldn't be. Oh, I know. JT. Leon, JT. <laughs> oh, but Leon, what a good-looking man. Mm. Dude, I've had a crush on him my entire life. I, I can imagine, <laughs> for sure. No, but I can see also liking JT. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, a, yeah. he's a cutie. So, anytime Duck is writing a song, you're going to take a sip. He's like, if you don't, if mom and dad comes home and this room ain't clean, one of us is going to be in trouble. And he's like, if I don't have this song uh, written, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> she writes a song for him. And she writes the song for him. I wish that her storyline could have like paralleled, like, Duck being such a great songwriter, he could have wrote her anything. She could have opened up for them when they're on tour and shit. Right. Right? Right. She'd be touring with her and her brothers. Like And then we get that really cool like uh relationship in Dream Girls, you know, where he's writes songs for her, but then he leaves her behind. Oh, I don't want an effy situation. No. Neither do I. It sounds fucked up. But I do want them to like work together. You know, five heartbeats part two. It's really about her story. It's all about her. <laughs> and Townsend can come back. Townsend, you hear this? Start writing, buddy. No, I'm going to write it. He can direct it. Perfect. I love this, yes. the way it's going. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. Duck, you're my favorite, so I'll always drink for you. Oh, my God. His coats and his pants and, oh, his style. I mean, I just, like, want to be him. Like, ugh. I know you do. He's one of those dudes who walks around with bowling shoes on and, like, you know, he's cool. He's Just, like Ducky in, in Pretty and in Pink. I know. But I totally, in my head, because the movie was set in the era of the 1960s, I was like, oh, so he's like the original Ducky. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, this came after. <laughs> but he would have been the original Ducky. But he, he would have been the original Ducky. Mm-hmm. Black Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the cuter Ducky. <laughs> I mean, Duck, Ducky. I mean, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take a sip when JT is with another woman. I don't know what it is. It's like I like being with different women all the time. It's like I can't control myself. It's like I'm addicted. Ooh. So every time he's with a different bitch, that's not the bitch he always with, you're going to take a sip. One time he's walking to the damn, to the damn limo and he got two bitches I know. On his he's, I know. <laughs> 
with his pimp hat. They look so pimp. I know, really. Seeing seriously. all of them. I mean, except Eddie. Like, he knows. Oh, but, like, Eddie. everybody else. Everyone else. Everybody though. else looks so fly. Oh, their jackets God. with the fur, their hats. Yeah. Like, ooh. I'm JT Matthews, and I can't control my dick. I'm JT yes. Matthews, and I can't control my dick. My dick. <laughs> He's like, no, seriously, man, seriously. No, but seriously, it's a condition. Yeah. Dick see? control centers. It's real. It's He's ma- laughing about it, but it's also like, it's I'm serious. here. Yeah, no, it's serious. I hope that's your Z for the people. <laughs> take that out. <laughs> Please take that out. <laughs> Could you imagine we endorse at the end of the show? <laughs> if you or anyone you know has a dick problem. My phone number is. No. <laughs> Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, all of that. No, in you're not. <laughs> so you're gonna take a simp when Eddie Kane is smoking, drinking, or doing drugs. Oh, Eddie Kane. Anytime he's doing his like dirty, dirty shit, she was like, "You need an ashtray." I don't need no ashtray. The whole world's an ashtray to to Eddie Kane. (laughs) I almost wanted to make uh, take a sip every time he says his full name or anybody says his full name. That should be one of them. All right. I'm adding it. I'm adding it because he does it all the time. He does it all the time. And it's one of my favorite ending lines of the movie. You sure you want to... What was it? You sure you all want to hang with old Eddie Kane? Uh, you sure you want to hang with old, old Eddie Kane? <laughs> oh, I love that line. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Especially the way he looks at it. And you, you got that like twinkle. And then baby dolls in the back just like, I remember Eddie Kane. Yeah, she's like when he was all cute and young and not cracked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we're going to add that we'll one. We'll add that as one. Well, you're going to take a simp when the guys show up on a cover of a newspaper, magazine, Whoa. or on the radio. That's going to be a consecutive drink, 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 drink when yeah, they drink, do the montage. Because, you know, 90s yes. were classic for the montage. I don't, I love a good montage. Yes. The best montage in this movie is definitely once they start making money mm-hmm. and Big Red sitting in front of all the caddies. He's like, what color you want? <laughs> what color you want? <laughs> what color you want? And then there's a montage of them getting money. It shows them on all of the covers. All the covers. I believe the Ebony cover was really an Ebony cover. Oh, cool. Uh, like for when the movie was coming out yeah. because I am always... I'm pretty sure my mom has it. Like, <gasps> I've always remembered it being like, oh, yeah, that was a real one because I remember seeing Ooh, it. Ooh, you should ask her so we could take a photo for the gram because that would see, be... I'll s- see if I can, she can find it, yeah. I'll, I'll write it down to remind you later. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's a real one. That would be... That would make so much sense and it'd be really good for production to have yeah. done that. But they mm-hmm. get they get Ebony, Time, Rolling Stone. Oh, yeah, they made it on Time and yeah. Rolling Stone. That was epic. Like the old-ass Rolling Stone. Yeah, when it was like newspaper. Uh-huh, yeah. When it was newspaper. When it was newspaper. As a kid, I never realized that because I don't know, I couldn't read or didn't give a shit. And when I got older, I'd be like, oh my God, is that what the Rolling Stone used to look like? (laughs) And it did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally did. You gonna take a simp when someone gets hit. So this is Duck and JT fighting on the stage. Which was so good. 
Yes, and I love the little fake fight. Is my favorite. Yeah, like, Jimmy's like, if you I ain't told gonna him. do it right, don't do it at all. <laughs> yes. Like, sick of your shit, duck. But you already ripped my jacket. What's wrong with you? Huh? I'm sick of your shit too, JT. You're not gonna do it right, then don't do it at all. Hold on. Hold on. Duck's right, man. man. If we ain't gonna do it right, then let's not do it at all. No! Break down. Yeah, that's what we say. And that's what we Break hear. Down and they, yeah. And they, they actually rip off each other's jackets. That was, they rip off and then each they other. take their pants off, like stripper style, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stripper so style. Stripper. I love it. Like those snaps were there. Uh, and that's when we get the most epic song. Nights like this, I wish raindrops would fall. I do want to just say real quick before I forget that that scene was quite hard to film you would think ripping off clothes would be simple yeah. but apparently it put them a little behind schedule because they couldn't get it right no way yeah oh my god Robert so... is like i just, just wrote this it. simple just yeah i just wrote it. this simple thing in the script and it's taken my entire day to just rip these pants off oh my god that's so funny i didn't oh i i thought it would have been an easy shoot day too it's like all right we're cl- we're tearing off clothes here guys <laughs> Take your Wrong. pants off. It's it's Take Hollywood. <laughs> Take the pants off. Okay. You gonna take a sip <gasps> whenever they all put their hands in. Oh my god, when they're like just wait, does it have to be all of them? Because one of my favorite hands in is when Dresser is telling the guys that oh. his girl's pregnant and Eddie does the sweetest thing. He just gives he him the money, right? Yeah. And then he's like, no, man, I can't take it. Eddie just throws his hand in like, no, brother, like this is what we do. All for one, yeah. And mm-hmm. actually just talking about it gives me chills because I love that part. He's like, didn't you just tell us that she was the love of your life? Yeah. Like, don't send her to go get an abortion. Like, we understand if it's an option that you need to have. Take it, but if you love her, don't make her do it, you know? Don't make her do it, yeah. Like, just... Yeah, I will definitely take that hands in as well. Okay, cool. Cool, sorry. I just wanted to... Yeah, okay. Thank you. I'm glad that you love that scene. That is a good scene. Oh, it's such a good scene. And I love when Eddie comes out and he's like... Doug's like, why are you here? And he's like, oh, choir boy has a girl. And he's like, choir boy? (laughs) What? What? Yeah, he's getting it in, man. He's away from his dad. He's tasting that sin. <laughs> he left that Bible on the phone. He left booth. that Bible, and he's and he's been catching tail ever since. Oh, God. They call him Rock. I love that. <laughs> they call me Rock. Nobody calls you Rock, fool. Uh, no, nobody. Nobody. Nobody in their nobody. right mind has ever called you Rock. That's why he had to sit in front of his own posters so that people would realize that was him. So he's like, look, that's, <laughs> look, me. that's me. That's me. She's like, no you joke. are so un- unfamous that I went to a party that you were- are hosting and I didn't even realize that you were you because I only know like the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Poor, poor car boy. <laughs> nah, he, he had the best life. It was like the least hardest. You know, and even he found his way back home at the end, helped out the church. Like it's true. He it's he always the best good. Life. It's the best part to be that part that person in the band where everything kind of the drama skates by you a little bit. Like you're not really yeah. in it, but you still get to care about everybody and love everyone. I mean, he was he he kind of was the glue that held them all together a little bit. He did. Like he would be the one that cared. Mm-hmm. He was trying to keep JT and that secret, even though he probably didn't want to, because knowing Choir Boy, like. He's not comfortable with that stuff, and 
Right. But he was willing to do that for his brothers to make sure that the band stayed together. I know. I I can't wait for us to talk about that storyline. Because I have so many questions. Me too. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It could have been written better. No offense, Robert Townsend. But like, I always thought that that was a weird storyline. I mean, it's it's pure. I I like it. We'll talk about it later because we got to finish this drinking game. Okay. We'll get into it. So you're going to finish your drink the first time they go on the road. Oh, good. So choir boy gets lectured by his dad. Myron, you know this is wrong. Anthony, you disappoint me. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. Two masters. And Duck and uh, JT are getting talked to there about their dad about putting a helmet on their willy. Wait, what is it? It was so funny. He's like, understand? Helmet on your soldier. You understand? And I want you to put a helmet on that soldier. You understand? What? You don't put a tent on that tree, you understand? Huh? Put a hat on your willy. Oh, oh, oh. You rubber. Okay, okay. I love when he says, understand? And they're like, understand? no, what are you saying, old man? Like, he's like, hat put on willy. Hat on your willy. <laughs> he's like, oh, wear, wear a rubber. Wear yeah, a yeah, yeah. Okay. And they're like, just say it. <laughs> you don't have to have these euphemisms. His mom, with their mom was right behind her. I he was trying to be, like, slick about it and not just call him out, like, don't come home with babies. Don't come home with those babies. So, yeah, when they go on the road. You're going to finish your drink when Eddie comes back. So the scene where he has to practically scale a fence to talk to them, to show them that he can guys, fit into half of his con- costume. Guys! I'm singing every day, man. A bat baby. Check it, check it out. I know. <laughs> and you know you wanted that jumpsuit. I totally want that jumpsuit. I do want that jumpsuit. <laughs> I want that jumpsuit. When he pulls it out, I'm like, you guys can't deny how good he looks in that jumpsuit, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. When he's like fully, when he can fully wear it and not like only half wear it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm down for fully wear it. Just fully wear it. And it just shows where everybody's dynamic is in the group. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good scene. It is a good scene. Uh, it's heart-wrenching. So when he comes back and he, he tries to get back in the group, I guess. I don't yeah. know what the fuck he wanted. Yeah, you said he was ready. Um, He'd been practicing. He was ready to get back in the game. They're like, dude, you've been sleeping on the street. You ain't got even a phone, motherfucker. What do you oh, mean? Oh, I know. You're going to finish your drink when Duck and JT reunite for their brotherly love and we get to meet baby duck for the first time oh my god little baby duck duck you heard what daddy said would you get over here duck so cute duck you heard daddy get over here I know. that's how it's i love that that's he's like holding on to his dad like who is that i think that's my namesake it's like <laughs> i feel like i look like him i feel like this makes sense and i should be right here Next to Duck. <laughs> Next to Duck. <laughs> Do you have anything you would add to the completely made up motherfucking drinking game? Um, the only thing I could possibly think is that the the word harmony in honor of the drink, maybe as, and also it's a commonly used word in the movie. Just throw that in there. If, you, if someone says harmony or harmonies, take a sip. I like it. I like it. Just in honor of our drink. 
And for the classic line, I'm sorry, but I love it so much. Bobby knows that I wrote this for... He knows I wrote all the music in five-part harmony. Five-part harmony. Five-part harmony. Five-part harmony. That's such a good line. (laughs) Okay, well, that is... The motherfucking drinking game. Yes, sir. Love it. Yes, love it. So, you ready for the stats? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for those stats, stats, stats. Hit me with those stats, stats, stats. I want to hear those stats, stats, stats. Stat me up, Z. Stat me up, Z. Give me those stats. Okay, thank you for the intro to the stats. Yo, I always got your stats on stat. <laughs> Okay, so the five heartbeats drops March 29th, 1991, baby. Ooh, I love 91. 91, it was a good year. I don't know. I I was three. Yeah, I don't remember. All I know is I was probably watching this movie on HBO. I don't know. (laughs) So the budget for this movie is $8.7 million. Whoa. So that's... That translated into 2021 money. That would be about $17 million. Wow, that's great. What a budget. What a budget. That's really, really wonderful. There was some, you know, kind of going over budget over time, like most movies, but nothing too outrageous, I don't think. But this movie did not make money. I couldn't, I couldn't really, I don't know. All I found was that it made 8.7 8.7 million. So, like, it made its money back, maybe? Technically, kind I of. I think it's left at that. I don't think that there's a accurate number. I would guess, because, like, its opening weekend was a little bit over a million. And it didn't, it got pulled from theaters quite quickly. Really? Okay. For drug so, use? I don't know. Okay. So, I'm almost set it up for you. Okay, I'm ready. Give it to me. I'm going to so, lean back. You see me, I just like lean back and I'm ready for this. This movie is a great movie. It tested really high on the uh, audience testing. It was one of Fox's highest at the time rated movie by test audience. Okay. But whoever edited the trailer did a very shitty job of portraying the story that we come to know and love. Yeah. So if you are listening to this, pause us. Go on YouTube and type in the Five Heartbeats trailer and you'll see that it just shows them on stage kind of singing and there's no like lines. They don't really show, you know, the dynamic between the guys in the group. It just kind of shows like they're in a band. They get famous. They make money. Their family, they sing. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like it really doesn't show what this movie really is. So most people just kind of breeze past it and didn't go see it so after the first week they did end up pulling from quite a few theaters until it was like gone wow (sighs) yeah that is terrible and that is like a perfect example again of how improper marketing and advertising for a film is so it's detrimental to the success of the film yeah. It, absolutely. And so I can only imagine, I'm not trying to like get us riled up here, but because it's a black film, exactly, they're not going to put as much importance. Like the studio, what was the studio that released this, this one? Fox. See, and that surprises me because it's Fox. Like they have that, they should have that stuff down. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, like we could get into it. 
it. But there's so much the studio, like, you know, drop the ball from this. And they dropped the ball in not being able to market it right. Yeah. Like the trailer does get people in. Even for a bad movie, it gets people in if it's done right. Exactly. Nowadays, I feel like they're putting way too much in a trailer, and I feel like I'm watching the whole movie. Yeah, so when the jokes come, they don't, they're don't they not as funny. No, but I guess, and then they even started using, like, B-material stuff for t- trailers to get you in, and then you don't see that scene, and you're like, well, wait a minute, I thought that was going to happen. That was actually really funny. I don't know. You can't win. You can't win, and the five heartbeats paid for it. Mm-hmm. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, 39%. <gasps> no way. That wasn't. That would be another nail in the coffin for bad ticket sales. If all the critics are going out there and saying that it's not a good film, blah, blah, blah. How could you not love this movie? There's only two possible problems with like loopholes in the storyline, but that's it. It's gorgeous. I agree. The I've s- never met anyone who's seen this movie and doesn't love it, <sighs> who doesn't quote it. Yeah. Um, and so I just think that people don't get things, okay. you know, and I think that is taking a very long time for Caucasians to understand and get the flow, the ebbs and flows of black cinema and black art in general. Mm-hmm. Like there were some things that they really wanted to cut from this movie, such as the we can't stop now scene with him and his sister. See, and I can't even imagine that scene not being in the movie because it's so... They tried to... Ugh. They pushed real hard to cut that. They also wanted to cut the feel-like-going-on scene in the church. What? Yeah. Oh, my God, idiot! These two scenes are very big Huge, important scenes. parts in the scene. And that's, yeah. Oh, my God, it's so stupid. Yeah. They were like... He was like, well, I can't cut... I feel like going on because he gets saved. Yeah, that's the whole point. And like, and like the critic is like, or the studio head's like, what do you mean he gets saved? Saved by who? And he's like, Jesus! He gets saved by God! <laughs> by the spirit! Like, he went through all this shit and it showed that no matter what, you still can get a second chance and yeah. be saved and God will forgive you and do all, like, you know, and that is something that is a staple in black movies, black music, black culture, is that God and that religious spirit that we have. So to cut it would be doing a disservice to Eddie Kane and the story in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I can't even, I I can't even imagine that, that entire movie. That's silly. So that producer should be fired. Whoever suggested that they cut that fucking scene. See, mm-hmm. and those are those idiots. And but I'm glad they kept it. I'm glad that Townsend. I bet Townsend stuck to, like, no, we're keeping it in. He stuck to his guns, and he's like, screw that. You can't take those scenes away. I'm glad that he. I'm glad, he's a visionary. Yeah, he's a visionary. He is. He is a black film legend, and we will get into his grace and his greatness. His greatness. Okay, so the audience, they rated this movie. 95 percent of course and i'm very happy yeah because like i said there's i have never in my black life met somebody who's seen this movie and has not loved this movie hell yeah every black mama has this on dvd at their house everybody watches it when it comes on bet or whatever tbs i mean our family used to kind of watch it like every thanksgiving like after dinner and shit like we were like let's watch the five heartbeats like it just it's it's so good a you staple would, yeah it's a staple you definitely put it on in the background for anything the soundtrack's just epic 
Yes. Yes. It's so I am very happy that it was rated that. Yeah. The audience understands and feels it. Yeah. I completely agree. And some of the audience who would be people who absolutely love this movie other than us <laughs> would be Mike Tyson, oh. Will Smith, Janet Jackson. Hell yeah. Bruno Mars. Fuck yeah. These people say these movies are their favorite movie. Like, mm. that's what I'm saying. Like, there's people out there who are just like, I love this movie. And it's I am really, definitely one of them. I love this movie. I'm definitely one of them, too. I'm, I definitely have have grown to really love this movie. I mean, I've been, I had to, I couldn't buy it. Well, one, I don't have a DVD player, so to buy it on DVD would just be not helpful for me. And then <laughs> uh, they didn't have it for sale on iTunes, so I was had to rent it twice. <laughs> because I loved it so much and I wanted to watch it like a bunch of times this week and then show it to my parents because it was so good. I talked about it today already when I was with my cousin. I was like, oh my God, you got to watch this movie. It was amazing. <laughs> and what'd your cousin say? Like, okay. She sounds down. like my... Well, okay. <laughs> that's really cute too because her fiance is black. So she's like, ooh, I love coming to my my fiance and being like, we should watch this movie. He's like, you do know that I'm black, right? <laughs> I know. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that she it. went to it and he was just like, How do you even know about yeah. this movie? Like he's confused. Yeah. No, but I've been talking about this movie nonstop. I just I love it. I love it so much. And I've got it so I've happy. got so much catching up to do because I, I love it. And I did. I I tried not to go too deep dive because I wanted this to be a conversation and I wanted to learn it from you because you grew up watching this movie and you had so much love and I appreciate you sharing it with me. I'm sad that we didn't do it last last February, but we had yeah. a lot of movies that we were doing last February, so I totally get it. But I love it's been on my list for a long time because, like I said, this this is a movie that sits on the shelf next to like The Color Purple, like you know, yeah. it's like a black staple. It's a staple. We all quote, yeah, we all quote, we all know it. So my ZZ Fresh, yes, is of course a hundred percent bitch. Like, oh yeah. I have nothing I could except okay maybe ninety nine percent because where the fuck happened to Bobby? What happened to Bobby? I need a shirt like what happened to Bobby? What happened to Bobby? Yeah, I would have to give it. A, I would say ninety eight percent. I love this movie. The soundtrack's epic. The characters are great. Mm-hmm. I love ducks mm-hmm. and duck and all of his beautiful clothes. I love all the clothes. I know. Like everything actually. Yeah. The whole production was just fa- fabulous. I didn't find any inconsistency in filming too often. There was a couple of times where continuity was a little irky, but, you know, that I can just glaze over. The only thing was the loopholes between what happened to Bobby, and I just mm-hmm. really wanted to, I wanted more of Tanya and the pre-relationship with JT that led, was she being malicious and trying to get with Duck to get back at JT and then all was of Was JT right or what? I always... Exactly. I, as a woman, I always took her side as in like, he's just hating because he can't have her because he likes to stick a stick at everything. Yeah. But maybe she is being malicious because she didn't fight hard enough. She should have told him when he said, you need to tell him. Yeah. She should have told him. 
Okay, she, I, I we're getting married, but yes, I have already slept with your your brother. And Duck wouldn't have cared because he, he knows that he's, his brother has this condition. He understands that like nothing could come between, and if something previously happened, like what's the big deal? But the way that JT is yelling at her, it seemed as though she was trying to get back at JT and started dating Duck to do that, but then started to develop feelings for Duck. And he's yeah. like, "No, you can't do that to my brother. Now I see what you're doing to him, and I can't stand it." And it's like, okay, I'm trying to see, that's where I get muddled. I'm like, I don't know who to believe. I, exactly. And and we don't have no enough evidence. And I just think that Duck is so insane to just like blow up in front of everybody. Oh my God. And not even ask any questions. No. It, you're, you're following her around. You're looking at her. She's talking to choir boys. She's meeting up with your, your brother. Uh-huh. I mean, initially, I would probably think, like, okay, maybe they're doing something secret for the wedding. Yeah, that's they're what... They're trying to put something together for me. Exactly. That's what I would have thought, too. I'd be like, oh, maybe it's a surprise party or, like, a bachelorette a thing or, or something. Something. Yeah, this is time of, like, a couple secrets. You're supposed to surprise them. Like, you know, like... But he does know his brother. I would ask choir probably. But I would definitely have asked questions, too, because, like, it didn't seem like they were still having some kind of affair. I don't know, though. No. See, again, that was that was another thing that they didn't really build on. I didn't know if it was still, their relationship was in the past tense. Did they ever hook up during the time that she was with Duck? Like, these are these are things that are important. What is this? I'm chasing you. I'm using Duck. You I'm tell me what's duck. going on, huh? I've been after you all these years. And God, I'm don't act like you don't duck. know what's going on, okay? I'm using Duck. You know what's going on, right? You tell me what's going on right now, okay? I mean, first you two are just going out with each other. That's fine. But now you're taking this too far. You're talking about marrying my brother. I can't let you hurt my brother. You hear me? I can't. I want you to call Duck. And I want you to tell him this thing's off. You hear me? Why? Because you don't love him. That's why. I know. I've been with you. Because I feel like Duck would have... I don't know. He was. He's such an understanding character. I don't... I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't know. There's so many what ifs, and that's why I have to give it an, the the Lenny Zest is a is a 98. percent I just got a couple of questions for Townsend, and then I feel like I'd be okay. They made him cut about 20 minutes off of his final cut. Yeah. So maybe some of that would have fell into that. It's he true. had to fight to keep the two scenes that we love so much. So we might have had to lose a little bit. I mean, I was surprised when you told me I, I it was an older film, 1991. I figured, oh, those movies were going for like like an hour 30, hour 40 at max. This was a two-hour movie. And I was like, whoa. I mean, they really, two-hour movie in the 90s? That, that And that, it doesn't even feel like two hours. No. It doesn't. Not to me, anyway. No, no, it really doesn't. The flow is so good on this movie. The flow is everything. Yeah, there's no like lulls. It's just constantly just giving you something new, giving you something new. Exactly. A new storyline, a new twist, you know? Like, it's it's great. I love this movie. I'm very, very happy that you appreciate and love this movie, too. Of course. And I hope that anyone who's never heard of this movie, please go and find it. Yeah. I have it on DVD. I'm an old school bitch who kept her DVD players because I had too many DVDs to start <laughs> over, to get rid of. Yeah. So... You know, it's just there. It's really dusty, and I had to search for the remote because I haven't used it. The last time I used our DVD player, we did Godfather. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> that DVD was still in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. 
<laughs> that was sequels month. That was back in April. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't use it that often. I don't. So we'll see. Just for Godfather and the Heartbeats, baby. Yeah. So that's the stats. I love those stats. I mean, I, I wish that I imagine that the, the DVD home movie, it was really popping in the nineties. Everyone was making tapes and stuff. So I'm hoping that somebody got like royalties and residuals for that. I mean, I would pray that Townsend did. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know that. It did blow up on VHS sales. I'm sure. Straight to home video. You know, people were renting it, bootlegging it, Mm -hmm. you know, watching it on TV. I do remember that our first copy of the five heartbeats was recorded off of the TV. Classic. (laughs) Got to be there at the VCR, ready to hit yep. record. Yep. When the pay per view was like two ninety nine, and your videos, yep. the movie's gonna start in thirty seconds, and you're like, "Get the put tape! That tape in. Is that Get a the fresh tape? tape? Is that a fresh? Don't don't record over Clueless." <laughs> no, They're like, like "Too bad. We're t- we're we're gonna record over your your dance recital. We don't need to see you dancing, but the five heartbeats need to be recorded." <laughs> You dance around here all goddamn day. I want to see the five heartbeats. I don't care about your yeah. third birthday cake anymore. Yeah. We already seen this. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember doing that. I do remember us eventually actually buying the real deal. And then we bought it on DVD. I'm obsessed. So, yeah. I'm obsessed with this movie. I'm obsessed with you and this movie. Okay. So, I have another movie for you to watch. What? Okay. Which I did watch yesterday. It is called The Making of the Five Heartbeats. Oh, it's that documentary. It's a documentary done by Robert Townsend. And I watched it. Uh, I found it on Prime. And I rented it for like four bucks or whatever. Awesome. Yeah. And it is kind of amazing. If you love this movie, it's like a whole other aspect of this movie. It shows you like... Old footage, behind the scene footage of like, you know, people auditioning and just them behind the scenes and goofing around and getting their hair done and all that shit. So if you really love this movie, like I love this movie, I would suggest you guys watch this movie because Robert Townsend does it. He narrates it. He brings back all of the original heartbeats and whoever is still kind of alive like Stop the it. reds on there yeah and they oh, like I love talk Hawthorne. about how they do this Hawthorne mm-hmm. James when I saw uh, we're going to talk about cameos for sure but when he came on I was like oh my god oh my god it's Hawthorne James I love that man. <laughs> <laughs> I love him too in this movie especially he's such a badass oh he's such a badass Big Red is scary yeah scary so a lot of the facts that I'm going to spit down to you today are from that documentary because as in doing the research for this movie, there wasn't really a lot of fun there's facts really not that, There's not a lot of information out there, which made me yeah. so much more curious. And I was doing really deep dives to try to figure out what was like based on the real, what was, you know, made up fictional for Townsend. And um, I saw that there was... A documentary out there but I did not pursue to watch it and I, I I meant to I have it on my notes to like look it up later but that's so cool that you got to watch it because I heard I, I, I also had read that a lot of people a lot of prominent black actors during that time and then even before they become famous that we know now have auditioned yeah. for that 
fucking movie and i was like no way like the the names that they were talking about i was like oh my god like that's incredible yeah i watched the interview with him on the breakfast club and he was talking about this documentary and i was like how come i've never heard of this because this documentary came out in 2018 and i'm just now hearing about it yeah and so I'm telling everybody I know because everybody I know loves this movie. And I'm like, you guys, watch it, watch it, watch it. And <laughs> super cool, super cool. So a lot of the shit that I'm going to tell you today is going to come from there because that is mainly where I could find anything that we didn't already know about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though. I love that this documentary was so eye-opening. I love that Townsend was completely responsible for it. That's really cool. Then you get it straight, all the information right from him, which is awesome. Right from him. Oh, well, I can't wait. And oh, my God. I can't wait now. Okay, let's get into it. Ah, I'm okay. so excited. So this is this is why this movie was even made in the first place. Okay. Is because Robert's favorite band in the whole world was The Temptations. Oh, classic. He loved them, Ugh. loved their style, loved their music, mm-hmm. everything. And his favorite, his favorite temptation was David Ruffin and eventually David Ruffin had to be removed or he left the band for being just a hot ass mess Mm -hmm. in real life yes which maybe next Black History Month we will do the temptation movie because that is also a very good movie I know with 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 Leon Leon. Who plays David Ruffin? See, okay? I've seen it's that a full one. Fucking story. That, have you seen that one? Yes, I have seen that one. So that's why when I was like, "Wait a minute," but like, what? This came yeah. out before. I was like, "Wait a minute." It did. It came out. Yeah, the Five Heartbeats came out quite quite a few few years before. Yeah. Uh, the Temptation movie, and so like to have Leon play David Ruffin is uh, just like amazing. so great. I love it. He does such a good job. I love it. He's also played like Little Richard. Like this motherfucker plays everybody. Yeah, he's such a good actor. Everybody. I love him. If you know black movies, you know Leon. Yeah. <laughs> you so, better know Leon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Townsend would just kept wondering why. Why would he leave the band? Why would he leave? Like, why would they kick him out? Like, why, why, why? I want to know. Why would you ruin my favorite band? You know, like kind of shit. Yeah. Then in the 70s, when he was all young and fresh-faced, he became an extra in the movie Mahogany in 1975. And he felt like at that moment he had his chance to ask the people who would know because Barry Gordy directed that movie. Diana Ross starred in that movie. Mm. So he has like home video of him super young like standing next to Diana Ross like super shy and he can't ask her. He's like a little bumbling fool and... You know, Smokey Robinson shows up and he gets scared to ask him. Oh my God. He's too scared to ask her. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, you should definitely watch the movie because you get to see them. Like, he has home video of behind the scenes. And, like, just seeing some of it, I can pick out, like, what scenes. I'm like, oh, next time I watch it, you were an extra in this scene. So I'm going to, like, look for you. So, like, definitely watch it. He's so cute and fresh faced. This is before he was, like, anybody. And so wait, they had all of this footage for Townsend for this documentary for the Five Heartbeats. Townsend recorded that footage when he was young, and he yeah he he directed this. So you documentary. saw, but you yeah, so you saw all of the okay okay that's sorry right. I so wanted I saw, to pull that yeah, together. Yeah, so I saw real real footage. Whoa, cool! Which is like kind of amazing. Yeah, that's and awesome. So he, definitely watch it. He he did not have a chance to ask any of them what happened, but obviously, 
they would not have told him anyway. <laughs> Come on, like kid, kid, get out of here. You're an extra. You're not even supposed to be talking to us. <laughs> That's you so know? cool. Oh my god, so cool. But he would. So, That's how cool Townsend is, though. He's he would assert himself as much as he could because he's just a, a budding artist at that point. Just nothing to yeah. lose. Let's go for nothing it. Nothing to lose. It's kind of the same way when we're in the crowds. I don't mind talking and, and speaking to everybody, and I know that I'm being respectful about it, and I'm not being going to be an ogre about it because I just want to experience the beautifulness of artists and what we all yeah. can accomplish and collab together. So. After this, obviously, he grows up and he gets famous off of doing this movie called Hollywood Shuffle. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of Hollywood Shuffle. It is a great movie, a great independent film by a, every black person that you could possibly think of in the mid to late 80s that wasn't like Eddie Murphy. And um, like you just, you know, it just kind of showed that being in Hollywood as a black person, you know, you could either be the drug dealer, the pimp, or the robber, you know, even though you might be a classically trained actor and eat caviar and can speak in different language, you're still always going to be typecast. That nigga. Yeah, so it's such a great movie. Uh, I love that movie, and it might be on here another day because it's. It's such an inspirational movie. And it helped launch him into, you know, people knowing who he is. And his friend, I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. His name is Keenan Ivan Wayans. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Oh, that sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> He's kind of a big deer. I feel like I know like one or two of the Wayans. I don't know though. <laughs> well, he'd Was be like the first... oldest. <laughs> Was <laughs> Was Hollywood Shuffle their first official collaboration? I think together? so. Okay. Yeah. I and so they both write this script yes. together, which I think is very cool. And I, I did not know until I was a lot older. Because <laughs> I just think of, you know, he's a way in, so it's got to be funny. Like, well, because I, I, when I when I hear the way ins, I always think of In Living Color. And to know, I had read that. He dropped out of. He wrote the script and he was happy for Townsend to take it on because. But it took so long for them to get this movie made that Wayans was like, "All right, but I gotta go do my own thing now. I've got this." He had so many projects going on. Yeah, I he, mean, by the time they got this script like written into mm-hmm. enough to like shop around, mm-hmm. it was like eighty eight. This movie or like eighty seven, eighty eight, and so this movie doesn't get made until like ninety one. So like. In the meantime, he does leave to do In Living Color, and he takes quite a few people with him who weren't supposed to be in this movie uh, because they're just hilarious people. So can I tell you some of who the original cast was going to be if they went off of day one? Yes, please. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So Robert Townsend was always going to be Duck. That's just always what's going to be him. Classic. Keenan Ivan Wayans would have been J.T., Oh my God! Stop it! He was Rap. gonna be okay. David Allen Greer would have been dresser. <gasps> I loved. Oh my God! I love David Allen Greer. <laughs> he would be so I good. I love him too. I mean, yeah. Harry does a great job, and I wouldn't actually not want to replace him. But he would have been. Do- he would have been dope. He Ooh, been good- he was hot during the nineties too. Yep, and his girlfriend would have been played by Vanessa Williams. Okay. Okay. Dresser's girlfriend, so I can she see, would have the baby. I can see that. That'd be cute. 
Okay, and so then Damon Wayans would have played one of the cousins. Oh my god, I love the cousins. Those are cousins. Those That's cousins, our cousins. Those are cousins. That's our cousins. You know how Barry Gordon has Motown. Beyond the Mister Frotown. Frotown. Yeah, I could have definitely saw him as that. I think that would have been hilar. You know, you know, rappers right now, they're in their 20s. All the other rappers are in their 20s. 20s. But we're in our 40s. 40s. That's part of our hood. But we, we would we be rappers in our, in our 40s. 40s. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> and we were, we rapping both. We rap country and western. Country and western. <laughs> Those dudes. Or too much. And he's oh. looking at him like, you guys are still at this. I know. It's been 30 years. Y'all still at this shit. But I respect it. Like, they're they're definitely the cutest. Like, number they, one they, I men. feel like they haven't got older at all. No. They stay the same. Well, yeah. Well, you gotta do and my favorite will... one. When I read this, I freaked out. Okay, so the person who would have been playing Eddie Kane would have been the one, the only, Denzel Washington. Wait, wait, wait. Congratulations, Denzel, on your 10th nomination, baby! I don't know how I would have felt about that because now looking at it, I don't know. I just don't see him as like a singing, dancing dude. You know, that's not really his. But Denzel Washington is the. He's the best thing in the world. Like, there's nothing he can't do. No, there's literally nothing. It would have still been good. Yeah. But you know who would have played his girlfriend? Yes, I read this and I freaked out. Can okay. you just go? I'm sorry. Tell me. Okay. Um. Yeah, our girl Whitney Houston was supposed to be the dream cast of uh, Baby Doll, which she would have fucking nailed it. But during that time, her producer, her agent, was like, "No, we're trying to go for like more serious roles. This is not for Whitney right now." And I read that she felt so after she watched the movie, she was so full of regret for not taking it. She called Townsend herself and says she wished that she would have taken the role because she loved it so much. It was one of she her favorite movies. Yeah, she didn't think that Baby Doll was a big enough role, but mm-hmm. I'm sure if she would have took it, they would have added a couple more scenes for I her. I think so, too. Plus, can you imagine I feel like going on sung by Whitney? Oh, sung by Whitney. In that church? In that church. So good. And you know, we've had like three Whitney movies on here. Like, we love the bitch. We love Whitney so much. Like, I love Whitney so much. So, like... <laughs> I love her. Yeah. When I read that, I freaked the fuck out. I was like, no. I could not imagine this movie have gotten any better. And then I read Whitney Houston could have been Baby Doll. And I've been like, that would have been it. That would have been it. Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington could have been a fake couple on the big screen. And we all wanted to see them make out and whatever in The Preacher Wife. So, like, this, this would have been all of our dreams coming true. Because we didn't get that action that we needed in that one because he was a, a goat. No, a, an, an angel. angel. I almost called him a ghost. He was a ghost. But yeah, when I said that, I was like, oh my God, Whitney Houston, you would have been baby girl and you would have been the best. Baby doll. Sorry, baby doll. Wasn't it baby doll? It was baby doll, yeah. Everyone um, forgive me, please, because I have only seen this movie about six times this week. So <laughs> I don't know all of it yet, but I'm, I'm going to get there. It's fine. 
it's a lot of names. And like I said, I've watched this my entire it's a, life. It's a beautiful so. big cast. Like, really. Yeah. And the, the cameos that just kept on popping up. I was, oh, right? I got to see John, John Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Oh, God. And he totally made me want to, like, live that side dream of being, like, an MC for me sure. Too. This is Wild Wild Pretty Rudy on your favorite radio station playing the jam to get you to your J-O-B. Brought to you by Benny Mullins Barbershop. Go get pretty like me. Woo! My hair's fried, dyed, and laid to the side. This week's special, the Johnny Mathis look, $9.95. Go get pretty like me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He even said, well, I fucking died. Because in the first scene, when he's being the MC for the talent show, he goes, he's just like, get that hot sauce. And I was like, oh my God, there's the hot sauce. On your burrito, baby. <laughs> yeah, hot sauce on your burrito, baby. And he says it in the first scene. He says, get some hot sauce. And I was like, oh, my God. Got, I like where he's like, because you got to go to Benny, 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 to get pretty, pretty, pretty. And he's just like. From Chanel. She sorry the fish was bad last week. Some of you got sick. But still, nobody knows fish like Chanel. Coming up the Dale's <laughs> That gives me every fucking time. Every time. It's so funny. But yeah. seeing his face again was really nice. That was, it that was. was great. I mean, like, and to see him, like, he even shows up to Jimmy's funeral. Like, oh he my was God, part of the mix. Yeah. Everyone was at Jimmy's funeral. Even fucking Big Red. Oh, I loved it when okay. she smacks. Oh, sorry. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Yes. Okay. She definitely smacks the Ooh, shit out of him. I loved it. What was he thinking just showing up to her fucking, like, his funeral like that and not get slapped? Oh, God, you shouldn't be alone. Maybe sometime. <laughs> Why do you? Why do you come here? You disrespect my husband. Get out! No. Oh, that man did not have any problem doing that. He thought he could walk in there and get away with it. And he tries to hit on her? That, I can't believe. Him walking oh, you shouldn't up- be alone. Oh, God, that was gross. I was like, that takes some serious kahunas. And no, get the hell out of here. No, I love it. I think that she's such a badass bitch. I know. He was the only person that they had in mind to play Red. They found him in a performance of Macbeth. And Classic. immediately said, like, I need to have him. And I love him, where he's like, my office hours are from. from. If you have any other problems... With your royalties and my books, my office hours are from. My office hours are from. Nine to five. Nine to five. When you ever have a problem with my accounting and your royalties, (laughs) my office hours are from. And I love that. That Uh, scene was so intense. Yeah, uh, it is something that is based off of real shit. This movie has a lot of things that are based off of stuff. This this movie isn't not necessarily just based off of like the temptations, but off of all of those type of 
bands and artists that were out at that time because that scene in particular is supposedly it had happened to Jackie Wilson back oh in the God. day where he was like, hey, y'all ain't paying me what I was supposed to be paid, bitch. What the fuck? Everyone's eating off of me. And they dangled him from a balcony like fucking Suge Knight. And it's like fucking crazy. And that's just crazy to me because, okay, so we got the, the character. Uh, who was that? Who's the young kid? Forget Bird. Yeah, Bird. So you kind of see Bird, and when I was watching the movie, I didn't think of him as such a big act. You know, he was kind of like a lower act or whatever. But you telling me that it was based on Jackie Wilson, that man is an incredible performer, like top billing for sure. And to do that to one of your main musicians on your label, like that's fucking ridiculous. Like who the hell did this fucker think that he was that he could seriously pull off doing that to somebody and not get? I hope that did did they like sue him or I mean who? So who is he goes to jail? Well, I know in the movie. Sorry, but like based on the real story. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying to. Oh, I don't know who he is based off of. They I've never heard. I've only heard that like that's Jackie Wilson or you know it has happened. But no one ever told me who. It's not the like they're like red. Barry. Yeah, they're not saying like Barry Gordy like hung anybody out of a window. No, I've never heard I any. I've, yeah, I've never heard any bad stories about. Yeah. About him, so I don't think that Big Red would have been based on him. I don't so, know though. I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. To that's even, crazy. Like, think about, but that's one of them. Do you have anything about the soundtrack? I had a little bit about it, just that I the interesting facts that I thought were pretty cool. I mean, obviously, our favorite song, I was not surprised to find out that it was top 20 during the time on the billboards. I mean, to both two okay, of Okay, yeah, yeah. Two, okay, break down, break down this soundtrack. Give Dude, so me. this soundtrack is so freaking good. You've got various artists coming in and, like, writing the songs and songs being from other artists, but... This, the two main song, The Nights Like This, that yeah. and A Heart is a House for Love. Oh, God, so good. Those were on the top 20 billboards during the time for R&B and hot R&B singles. And then it won, Nights Like This won for the ASCAP award. Is that what? Okay. Is that the award they won? I don't know. NAACP? No, it's not the NAACP. <laughs> No. I was um, be like, bitch, this is like the oldest group. You don't even know how to say it. <laughs> it's the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers. And our song, because I'm calling it our song now, because I think it should be our song, because I love this song so much. Nice Like <laughs> This won the award that year because it was just so well-renowned. It became very popular. So I get it, too, because it, it has been stuck in my brain for, like, the whole week. Like, that is the song. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head, and I I want to even learn it on ukulele. Like I've already started to try to trans to transfer the chords over to my uke to figure it out. But it's a full, beautiful, beautiful soundtrack. It is. Do Do you know who like of any of the singers? Because I know that the the actors did not do the singing. No, I don't know who the original. They have the Dells singing, right? For some of it. For I don't some think of the songs, I believe yeah. A Heart is a House for Love is, is the Dells. And so they, is, do, um, they do sing it on the soundtrack. You're right. Yes, they sing it on the soundtrack. And they also sing Nothing But Love. Mm-hmm. And that's also with Billy Valentine. And then they did uh, Stay In My Corner. 
So those were done by the Dells, who were, um, even though the movie was loosely based on The Temptations, I do believe that the Dells were on set as constant collaborators yeah. and um, people to help with writing the story with Townsend. They were there to, you know, point out things that would consult on things that would and wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. One of their story contributing to this one is that their very first album, I think it's called like a What a Night, mm-hmm. had a cover that had these two young white people, you know, embracing and like loves embrace with like a cityscape behind them and they're like standing by water or whatever. But this is a group of like five black men in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Like this is not them on their covers. And <laughs> Robert Townsend, when he first met with them and talked to them, asked them like, How come you're not on the cover? And they explained to them that okay. he that they would cross over and sell better if they didn't have their faces on there. Let me explain, okay? Everybody's gonna know who this group is. We just felt that the picture wasn't as important as it was that we succeed in crossing over. I want my boy's picture back on this album cover. So Ugh. after having this It's gross, but it was true. This discussion with them because they say something like what they say in the movie that like how come they don't cross over to us we always have to cross over to them yeah cross over nothing but a double cross i mean once you lose our audience we're never gonna get them back next you know they try to change our sound have a sound like white boys and white boys sound like niggas they don't want us making all the money tell me something huh how they never cross over to us huh white guys singing black music and making money but like we can't cross over and the only way we could do it is by hiding who we really are which is some shitty shit it's so or shitty. they end up selling your music to a corny white guy it's like Ew. the five horsemen the five horsemen are so gross like you they ain't got no money got no fancy car whoa don't live the life <laughs> they're so corny it's so bad whoa. don't live a life <laughs> of a millionaire oh jack or a movie star and my favorite is duck is literally sitting there shaking his head like nope like a scene nope. before this I'm getting like, out. no that's my music you can't play my music like that and he like shoves the guy off the piano and everything yeah like literally a scene before that and so then he comes to these people trying to sing his music he's like no no he's like shaking he's like no i gotta get out of here like this is terrible nothing in the world i could possess and of course all Flash your love and your tenderness <laughs> yeah, that's why I also love in the Dream Girls where they have the white people singing the Cadillac song. It oh always God. reminds get me of my... the White Horsemen. Always. Gotta get my Cadillac. Yeah, got me a Cadillac, Cadillac. Cadillac. <laughs> all fucking Cordy White. So it's they take all the soul out of it. It's like yeah. yeah, we got soul. Like it's not even the same song anymore. Come on. Well. I definitely listened to the soundtrack on family trips, Mm -hmm. so that definitely tracks. We had it on cassette tape, bitch. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I bet. I hope you still have that cassette, because that would be, like, lit. It's April. It came out April 2nd, 1991. R&B and Soul by Capitol Records, baby. I'm going to be real with you. I might still have that. I'm going to look for it. Who was it that put it in Eddie's head? 
Well, because he starts to get really paranoid that Jimmy's trying to replace him for some reason. And we all know that that wasn't Eddie's original idea. Like, someone planted Was it Big Red that planted it a little bit? Like, said... I think that he planted it. You know, he's like, you're the Michael Jackson. You know, you, you are the Michael Jackson and that you... We don't need these other guys. We just need you. I can replace all these other people. We just need you. Which he's easy to control because all you got to do is continue to give him drugs. Yeah. And so he'll do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy is like more of the like, bitch, we need you to get clean. And, you know, yeah, you might have to leave the band for a little bit to get your life together because this isn't working. Like he would be more of that. But he believed in you. And Eddie, you're the first person that believed in him. Remember, he gives the money he back. He was. Because at first mm-hmm. he was like, no, man, this is business. And we got to, it's business. And then it's when business. they. He said he was going to pay us. He going to pay us. He said he was going to pay us. And then as soon as that guy comes in and he's like, no, the manager wants to sign you guys to the club. He hands that money right back to Jimmy. He's like, you need to talk to our manager about this. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. It's the most beautiful moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is so funny to me, because, like, yes, Eddie is, like, the most important singer in the band, but that band wouldn't be anything without Duck. He is the writer. He's the writer. You can't... I mean, yeah, I guess you can get material anywhere at that point, but the heart and the... The the, the heartbeat is Duck. Yeah. That's why the heartbeats don't do anything. Like, when Flash left, it would have been fine. They could have found a replacement. They would have been okay. But if Duck leaves the heartbeats, that's when they broke up. They're like, nah. We're done yeah. now then. It's over. And he's like, I don't even have to tour. I can get millions of just writing songs for people. And he does. <laughs> and he does. I don't even have to leave my house. So Townsend is one of those directors that I would love to work with because he does things like he had a thing called the Townsend Bible, which even before production went into effect, like kind of wrote and broke down scheduling of like locations and timing and you know you know obviously shots and stuff like that but to save money and time yeah this i would not say necessarily worked because every movie is like every movie they usually go over time and over budget very i mean some some (laughs) of them don't and those are like the very blessed ones but this one was not one of them yeah um but he did work with a cinema photographer that apparently is the best his name is bill dill He's the one that got us all these amazing shots and made Bill Dill. Bill Dill. What a great name. I know. Uh, I I love him. And I feel like he is the heart of this movie because Mm -hmm. he would push Townsend to, you know, do better and be better. Another reason why I like him is because he doesn't necessarily do auditions. Like he does interviews. So he'll sit down with you and interview and see if you have the feel for the character that he wants. So, like, the guy who played Dresser... Harry Lennox? Yeah, Harry Lennox. He, prior to making this movie, was a full-time school teacher. And he had to ask his principal if he could have a half day off so he could go meet with Townsend. That's awesome. About this movie. Which obviously changed his life. Yeah. I don't know when, when, if ever, he went back to... Teaching. teaching i mean probably not out of every single person that's involved in this movie he hit mainstream pretty hard and he got yeah. a he got a lot of big big shows like Him dollhouse and leon definitely made leon, their for sure 
bread and butter off of this movie. Yeah. They they skyrocketed after this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's been steady. I don't know if... Not so much for Leon. Leon hasn't been in anything in a while, right? I feel like... No, that's not true. Why am I saying that? I take that back. That's not true. Yeah. He shows up in a lot I'm of sorry. things. I'm sorry. Yeah. He shows up... Like, I feel like right now in his career, he does a lot of Hallmark, like, Christmas movies kind of deal. But that's, like, the fucking best. I mean, yeah, that means you only work during the summer, and then you have or spring, and then you have like the rest <laughs> no. of the year off. I guess. Yeah, no, both of them stay steady working. I, I mean, Leon, he has one name, and if they're doing a biopic on somebody, that fool ends up being in it for the most part. Yeah, he's been actually doing a lot. I'm such an idiot. He's. I oh mean, well, yeah, he always working. He's always working. Always working. Yeah, Leon Robinson. I found out what his last name was. Robinson. What a great last name. After Townsend ended up writing this movie, he tried to shop it around to, you know, everybody, and Mm -hmm. nobody wanted it. Especially in the early 90s, late 80s, black movies is something as seen as black movies. You know, I still think that they think we don't go to the movies. We don't want to see positive reinforcements of ourselves, because especially in the 90s, when movies like Boys in the Hood and New Jack City is coming out, which just kind of shows the rough and tough side of being a black man. Mm -hmm. This one showed, you know, it's still rough and tough, but like at the end of this movie, all five of these men are still friends. Yeah. They all have grown their family. The women that we saw with them at the beginning stuck with them and they're still with them. Like, you know, like this True. is like positive reinforcement, something that we didn't really see is up to that point. And I don't think that the studio saw it as a moneymaker because nobody wants to see black people doing good. So um, after Keenan left... And all the studios kind of said no because he had like a deal with Warner Brothers and they backed out on him. He got new agents and they read it. They fell in love with it. was like, oh my God, let's shop this around. They brought it to Fox. Fox loved it. And they're like, all right, well, we'll give you this much money. Mm -hmm. That is kind of how we were able to get this movie made in the first place. It's because he just would not give up on it. He's like, this story needs to be told. You guys just don't want me to tell it. And he, he always does, I mean, I haven't seen all of his work, but he does always try to push a positive message and yeah. like a rebuilding of oneself and definitely rebuilding of community. And I really appreciate that about his, his writing. Definitely. And during that time, especially if there was so much conflict already to like what is selling to the black community cinema style, you know, here you have Townsend just like holding out being like, no, we can, let's make these movies, these feel good movies. These feel good movies. (laughs) And so like, you know, like another movie of his, Blank Man, he said Mm -hmm. that a kid didn't, said they couldn't be Batman or Spider-Man or whatever because they were black. And so he wanted to write a script so that, you know, this kid could have their own ghetto superhero. Have you seen Blank Man? I've seen Meteor Man. Meteor Man. Is that what I said? Blank Man. That's another. That's another one. That's another Wayans one. <laughs> I don't think I know that one. The Blank Man? Blank Man. Ooh, I'll have to look it up. Blank Man. Oh, my God. I remember Blank Man now. Look at Do him. Do you remember? Look how young he looks. Oh, my God. He said, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I forgot about that movie. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Well, I'm wrong. I'm talking about Meteor Man, but Blake Man is also a... It's a way It's a way It's another ghetto superhero. 
But Meteor Man is the reason why he wrote it. And so that, you know, this kid in the hood could have a superhero that he could I love that. feel. And that movie is star-studded as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. It truly tons, is. I think everyone just people. wants to work with Townsend. I mean, he's such a... Uh, this person is making these beautiful beautiful movies. You want to be a part of that. You just yeah. if, if you can, you want to be a part of it. That's exactly what um, Hawthorne said, uh, Big Red. He said... I didn't even read the script. I didn't care what the fuck he was of saying. Course. He was like, Robert Townsend wants me to be in a movie. I'm going to be in this movie. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I don't care. What, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I and love like, that. Yeah, I would have definitely been like that too. Like, you mm-hmm. want me to what? It don't matter. Yes, I'm there. Signed. You ready for a fun fact? Give me that fun fact. I love it. I'm so excited. Do you see me? I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this Okay, movie. so all of the bands, the Five Heartbeats, Flash, mm-hmm. and the Every... The Ebony Sparks, yep. Bird in the Midnight Falcon, Ooh. and I don't know what Baby Dolls group name was. It was Baby Dolls and the shit. It's on the. Hold on, let's Are pull it up do- really quick. So Dollettes? Is that what it is? I don't know what it is. The Crystals. Yeah, it's Baby Doll and the Crystals. All right, that was contestant number eight, Baby Doll and the Crystals. There you go, girl. You're right. Girl, I just found a quiz online. <laughs> Do you want of to like what heart, what heartbeat you are, send it to me. I will take it after we're done. No, it's not that. It's like trivia questions from the movie. Like, do you remember when? Do you know what the logo for Big Red Records is in the shape of? It's an apple. Yeah. <laughs> a red apple. What is the name of the Five Heartbeats album which features a picture of the group in tuxedos? Uh Oh, shit. I know it too because I just was laughing at it. It's like classy affair or something. A classy affair. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to keep going? I think there's only keep 10. Keep going. I'm good. Okay. Keep going. Bird sang lead for what group? Bird and the Midnight Falcons. Got it. The talent show in which the movie begins featured three groups. Who was the winner? The winner was Flash. Mm-hmm. And the? Ebony Sparks. Yeah, yeah, you knew. Okay, yeah, Flash. You Flash. said it earlier. Yeah. What is Choir Boy's real name? Uh, Joseph, or Anthony, 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 Rock. Because no, she, she goes, Anthony Stone. Yep. <laughs> Anthony Stone. They call me Rock. They call me Rock. They call me Rock. I'm so good. Keep going. I know. Okay, Leon and Robert Townsend portray brothers in the movie. What are their characters' names? Oh, Duck and JT. Uh, yeah, they ask you uh, orig- what's Duck's real name and their last name. That's bullshit. I don't know. I mean, the reason why he gets the nickname Duck is because of Donald Quack. Duck. Yeah. Oh, Donald. So it's JT. Yeah. I remember it's, uh, my name is JT Matthews. Matthews. And I got a dick edition. <laughs> and I've got, and I can't control my dick. Control my dick. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, what is the title of the poem written for Tanya by her future fiancé? We haven't finished yet. Got it. What is the name of Jimmy's, the Heartbeats manager's wife? Um, uh, Eleanor. Eleanor. It, it is. It's Eleanor, played by the beautiful Diane. Um, I wanted to say Diane, and I was like, I know, no, right? it's a no, real it's name. Real name. <laughs> <laughs> they do try to throw you off and put Darlene as one of the options. Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, I know. Last one. What song does Eddie and Baby Doll sing in the church? I feel like going on. Exactly. You did it. I, I'm like uh, kind of proud of myself. I know. 
Yes. Thank you, Quiz. I know. Yes, I know my movie. (laughs) That was really fun. (laughs) Yes. I've been watching it my whole life. What's funny, though, is that's the only way that I, the only article, really, the fastest article I could find to find out what Baby Doll's group's name was. Because as soon as it was, because it's multiple choice, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, it's the crystals. I remember. So, back to what I was saying. Yeah, sorry. We were about the five groups that are performing the talent show. With the five heartbeats, Flash and the Ebony Sparks, Bird and the Midnight Falcons, and Baby Doll and the Crystals. (laughs) In real life, Townsend made them have a talent show every week so that they could get used to working on stage and being together. So the first week, the five heartbeats won. But like Townsend, I mean, yes, he is, you know, duck in this movie. Yeah. But he's also the writer and the director. So he's like scouting sites and getting the last touches on casting and all the jammy jams that he needs to be doing. So he's not practicing like he should be. So after that, the five heartbeats start losing because he can't get his dance step down and everybody else is getting better and better. Oh, no. And, like, it became, like, a real band where, like, the guys were like, hey, you're the reason why we're losing. Like, I need you you to, like, really work on your shit. You're making us look bad. This is our movie and we suck. And so, like... They would practice with him after work. Like, there's, like, a a video of them, like, in an alleyway. Kind of like what they really do in the movie. But they're, like, all practicing their, like, steps to get their little dance moves down. (laughs) I just love that they had, like, a real talent show. I love that. That's amazing. Who makes my family do a talent show every year or two. (laughs) I love it. It's such a good idea. It was such a great way for the characters and for all of them to build together and it's just so hard i can't uh, to be a director and the one of the lead actors that's yeah. just his schedule must have been insane yeah i, I love that all the act- oh god i mean i want to do it <laughs> i i have I the chaotic to, i have the chaotic crazy. sleepless lifestyle that i think i would be fantastic at it you would be fantastic at it your girl here needs her sleep and her weed and her champagne on like a bi-daily Daily, yeah. Champagne's the breakfast of champions. It is. That's why I'm a champ, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Oh my god, you totally uh, are. <laughs> you totally are. Because it's champagne. It's why. It's the champagne. <laughs> okay, so do you want to know the first song that was recorded for this movie? Yes. Um. Okay. Ooh, out of all of them, a heart is a house for love. Nope, but that's a good one. Oh, I thought it would be it. It was like their lead song. It was Haven't Finished Yet. And it got what? done in, and recorded and done in 12 hours. Another thing about that is that Teresa Thompson, who plays Ducks and JT's little sister who sings that song, mm-hmm. came in for an audition. Okay. And after the audition, she was like, can I slink sing for you? And Townsend's like, sure, go ahead, sing for me. And he's just like thinking like, oh, this little girl, you know, it takes a lot of guts to even ask that. I'll let her sing a couple bars and tell her thank you. And like, we just move on with her day. But as soon as she started singing, he could not like stop her. She finished the entire song. Some people run
I thank you. We'll be in touch. He went home that day and wrote that scene for her. So, so for him to like, you know, have to cut it after he like felt that much from yeah. just seeing her perform, he fought for it like real hard. They yeah. were practiced during lunch and he fought to keep that scene in there. They were like, you got to cut these scenes and these scenes and these scenes. He's like, I'm down to cut these, but I'm not down to cut these. Yeah. So I'm still going to film. We haven't finished yet. And they're like, okay, but you got four hours to do it. And then I'm pulling the plug. That's the studio saying this. Holy crap. And so he gets in there and they film that entire scene in less than four hours. They're supposed so professional and this it's such a solid flow. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I love that he's just like ripping notes from all of his Looking writing. for all his notes, yeah. It's so good. Oh, it's and so well orchestrated. It was perfectly orchestrated. And it's it's it tries to be a continuous shot, which is nice. Always wide because they wanted yeah. to keep the whole room. The whole room. It just and, and, and it's the body, so beautiful. It's fun. It's, yeah. To want to cut it, it makes zero sense. Like yeah. I understand it is if you're cutting for time, it is something you don't need. Like you don't need that. Yeah. It just helps. It does. And that's a lot of people's favorite scene. And when they did do the viewing of this and people voted afterwards and talked about their concerns and their likes mm-hmm. about it those two scenes that and the church scene were up there being the favorites like everyone loved them of course oh my god yeah what did they test group they they, they did like people got to see like a special screening of it and they asked questions yep. about what they like about the movie and stuff yeah well, they took yeah. it to pasadena and showed it out there of course those i can't even imagine i would like to see a director's cut we probably would find out more about, like, you know, Duck's fiance and shit. Yeah, probably. I really feel like there was. There must have been some really in-depth happening with that storyline, and we just didn't get to have it because they had to cut. I mean, it was a two-hour movie, and the what's in that movie, you have to have in that movie, so I can't even imagine what he would have had to have gotten rid of, like what's left on the cutting floor. I got another fun fact for you, though. Okay, give it to me. This entire film was filmed backwards. Really? They did this so that they wouldn't have to get shitty wigs. So he made everybody grow their hair out and so that they could, you know, go from like afros to whatever, to whatever. And a lot of Townsend's work, because this him doing this also meant that his ass had to be underneath the hair dryer too yeah. to get that conked ass, like finger wave, like Beautiful. look that you know they have in the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. so like there's video of him sitting under a hair dryer you know writing the script having meetings practicing dance moves while he's sitting down and like it is so hilarious oh my god yeah it's so hilarious i'm like look at you it sucks being a girl huh Uh, now you know now you gotta know that's so smart though that's a really that was a really smart way to film that's cool so yeah, we, they started in the eighties and went back to the sixties. Keeps them fresh cool. too. I like that. Keeps I really like it. Keeps it fresh. I like that. Ah, oh, he's so brilliant. So, so you know the scene where Eddie Kane feels like, you know, Flash is trying to replace him. He's like, "You try to replace me, Flash?" Oh my God! Yeah, get your boy out of my face. You're my spot, Flash. 
Slum dwelling, scum sucking, slug ass motherfucker. <laughs> you want my spot flash? Huh? Well, you ain't gonna get it, cause you ain't got it. You ain't gonna get it, cause you ain't got it. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Very famous line from this movie. Mm-hmm. That scene is chock full of drama. Okay, so. Really? The only real drama in the movie would have to be Eddie King or Michael Wright. He is a fantastic actor in this movie. He's probably the best actor in this movie, to be real with you. He's so fine when he's all young, like, mm, damn, daddy. Anyway, ah! so <laughs> so he's like, he's like a method, a method actor. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he was like real drunk on set, but he was really indulging in the feeling of being drunk. Okay. So the scene where he comes in and he's like yelling at Flash, it got to a point where in one take, you know, he pushes Flash, he gets in his face, like he's like real in it. And the actor who plays Flash is just like, yo, look, I get it, I understand, but like, it's too much. Like, you're doing way, way too much. It's becoming too much, okay. Yeah, and so he tells Townsend this, and then Townsend goes to Michael Wright and tells him, keep going. (laughs) Oh my God, no he doesn't. Keep going. Oh, no. The take that we get, you see Flash like frustrated, like, fuck you, motherfucker, and slams the door in his face. That's not scripted. That is just Flash, like, fuck that shit. And slams the door. And that's when you see Michael Wright, you know, yelling at the door, you think you gonna take my place, Flash? Well, you ain't gonna get it, because you ain't got it. And he hits Uh. the door and he walks away. And that is the tape that they end up using for this movie. That's amazing. I've always liked that scene anyway. Because he's such a hot ass mess, and like I've I've never been on the the end of like being uh, the drunk person on the side of the door yelling inside. But if I did, these words would come out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfectly scripted. You're ready for it. Yeah, I've I've been practicing that monologue my whole fucking life. So like, lock me out of a hotel or something, bitch, and watch me yell at the door and say this to you. I love it. I want to give you that opportunity. I want I you to give need, me that opportunity, I, too. I think we need to stage it somewhere really impressive, too. Like, maybe Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we need a definitely another Vegas trip. We definitely do need another Vegas trip. That would be epic, though. Oh, my God. And it just makes sense. Because that's one of my favorite scenes, too. And the raw. Because you see, you see him just like... You're like, you're really going crazy, fool. Yeah, you really start to see, as an actor, he, Michael takes it to a whole level. And I I didn't realize that he was a method actor. So, I mean, I'm hoping that he didn't succumb too hard to those pressures of getting into the mindset of the character. Because you could, I mean, as method, you can go deep. Like, you could go to that edge. You can go to I that definitely edge. think that he has gone to that edge and took him a while to come back. Oh, God. Um, seeing interviews with him, like in this documentary I'm talking about, he looks like he has had a rough life. Out of all the rest of the five heartbeats, all look healthy, well-fed, you mm-hmm. know, still working, happy. He looks like he has spent some nights on the street, probably, and, like, you know, had had it rough, either alcohol or drugs or something. Like, he he... Whole, because I don't see him 
in anything. And I wish I would no, did I because he is such a phenomenal actor. It's true. That, like, He's such a great it's actor. It's not fair. So he, he looks like he had a hard one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's in a show. He was in a show in 2019. I didn't know that. Ooh, what was it? Lazarus Prime on Black Lightning. Oh, okay. My dad watches Black Lightning. But to then learn that Townsend did the filming of this movie backwards. So here you have Michael Wright going crazed, cooked out, fucked up. And then he has to go back to the really, like, jump in I don't know, I would say he was straight-laced because he was, you know, gambling and stuff and, and probably drinking. But, like, you know, when you don't have a lot of money, you're not doing that expensive drug shit. Yeah, no drugs, <laughs> just, like, gambling shit. Just gambling. Like, that, that's where you see him at. So to see that character, and he he does feel wholesome at the beginning of the movie. He really did. To me, it was just him wanting to be a musician and just trying to make his way doing it and doing whatever he can to do it. Like, I, I know that life, not to that extreme, but... Yeah. I know what it means to try to hustle for your art. Okay. So we can't talk about black history without talking about some of the people that are in this movie because they are historic. Absolutely. And we're going to start with the number one and my fucking favorite, Diane Carroll. Oh, of course. This woman is a queen. Mm -hmm. She is gorgeous. Even when she got super old, she was still gorgeous. Yeah, I know. Okay. She was born July 17th, 1935, and she did die on October 1st, 4th, 2019 at the age of 84, and she was still gorgeous. Yeah. Like, gorge. Beautiful. Now, obviously, I know her from this movie because like I said I've watched this movie my whole life so this is my first introduction mm -hmm. into how gorgeous and awesome and amazing that she is but if we go back to the late 60s early 70s she is the first black woman to have her own TV show called Julia where she was like a nurse and she like helped out the community and like did stuff. I have never really watched any of the episodes because I have no clue where to even find them. Yeah. But I've seen clips of them and she obviously I can't stop talking about how beautiful she is but yeah, like, she's, she's more gorgeous. than that. Yeah. But like she made a way so that we could have like you know just you know, all these beautiful black people on TV, like Scandal sister, and sister. shit like that. Sister, sister. Oh, my God. We have all sure. these Girlfriends. Girlfriends. Oh, yeah. All girlfriends. these people on here are doing their stuff. So we have to definitely love her. She was in... Dynasty. I know her from Dynasty. I was going to say, Dynasty is where, like, white people got to see her beautiful chocolate go cocoa skin Mm -hmm. and dripping in furs and diamonds like she's a bad bitch. Like, my my yaya had tapes of Dynasty. Oh, my God. And it was awesome. Like, super rad. She was oh, obsessed. my God. Okay, I did not know Grandma. But I also love her in Porky and Bess, the 1959 uh, version of it. Sydney Poitier, right? Gorge. Mm -hmm. And so I did hear that they had like a love affair for a little bit too. Really? Wow. Yes. But she is more known into being in relationships and married to white men. That's more of her 
her style, and I'm not hating on it. She also is in Carmen Jones. Hello, with yeah. the beautiful Dorothy Dandridge. Anyway, this woman has been in so many things. So many things. Um, she has always been a pillar of class and fashion because she also was a model. If you can believe it, duh. <laughs> She's just gorgeous. So when Townsend asked her to be in it, like some of the questions that she asked him was like, what do you see my character like? And where do you see her going? Like, what's another layer underneath the layer that you just presented to me of this character? Mm-hmm. And she turned down being in Boys in the Hood. I don't know who she really? would have been. But she turned down being a, a role in that to be in this. That's really which cool. It's very cool. That shows, I feel a like lot of is... char- that shows a lot of her character to want to be a part of something with Townsend over a very franchise. It, it, it became really good. Like, that was a huge commercial success. It was a big commercial success. It was a chance. You know, it could have been nothing. But, like, yeah, there's always a chance. This one de- definitely is more of her style. And her mm-hmm. character was very awesome. You know, Ooh, she so great. she was big reds, like, you know, apple of his eye, per se. Like, you know, he, I know, he's when he comes to the funeral knowing that he killed Jimmy and trying to get her, because one of the last thing he says to Jimmy is how much he loves Eleanor. Yeah. And he wants her. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, and now he can have her. And yeah. for her to slap him, she's like, how dare you yeah. come here to my husband's funeral in front of my friends and family and pull this fake cry and, oh, I'm so sad. I know it was you, bitch. I know you. Yeah. And get out. Called the house. The the audacity to call the house and say that he had to watch his back, that they were coming yeah. from. Like, that's ridiculous. The Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then to show up with a rose. So disrespectful. He's like, oh. You shouldn't be alone. You shouldn't. She's like, bitch, Ooh, I'm fine. Smacks him so hard. So hard. And I love that they kept her in the family because she does show up at the the, at the, the barbecue, barbecue at the end. Why don't you show them what real music is? Music oh. is. Yeah, they still kept her around. They're like, this is gra- Granny Eleanor. You know, okay. she's she been around forever. So sweet. Love it. So I just, I could not go without no. mentioning her wonderfulness and she is not only an amazing actress black actress but she's an activist she's a singer she's a piano player um she's just amazing and Mm -hmm. she will definitely be missed now there is another living legend in here that is probably a little less known if you're not in the know then you don't know okay and he is sarge in this movie um, I think it's Hardo Nicholas, and he is part of the Nicholas Brothers. Do you know who they are? I don't. He was a Nicholas brother, so him and his brother were fantastic dancers. That's why Sarge is a dancer. That's why I like that. I love that scene where he's like, Dresser, show me your best move. He's like, huh? He's like, huh? Show me your best move. And Dresser goes out there and he's like, that ain't shit. And he goes out there and he gets his dance on because that is what this dude is known for. He is a Valvillian with his brother. They would show up in movies. Um, They traveled all around the world. And if I'm not mistaken, I know I'm not mistaken, but they have a scene with Gene Kelly. Mm -hmm. 
And the three of them are tapping and dancing together, and it's one of the most amazing like scenes ever. Where is and it? So, uh, I'll, I will send it to you. I, yes, I definitely please. know it's on YouTube. It is so good. But the Nicholas Brothers have been around since, like I said, vaudeville time. Mm-hmm. And during a lot of racist things that were happening here in the States, they spent a lot of time in Europe and France because they're like, fuck that bullshit. And we're out of here. <laughs> we're out of here. Smart. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's a no-nonsense old guy that, you know, loves his craft, loves his dance, and sees his dance as an art that you could never duplicate, Kate. Like, oh, I'm going to find it for you. That's amazing. Oh, okay. The Pirates. Yeah, and Judy Garland. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This is it. Oh, that's okay. Him and his brother. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about now. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. And that movie came out in... Now it's all... 48. Now it's all coming. So you have seen him. Well, because it confused me because you were just like, I've seen the video on YouTube. And I'm like, wait, so is this like they did it at a performance of some kind? Like, and then they've done the movie together. So I have seen him. Ah, You have seen him. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, I've seen this movie too. But when I saw it, I knew I had obviously watched Five Heartbeats my mm-hmm. whole life, and my dad was one of the people that was like, "Oh, he's a Nicholas Brothers. You yeah, should, you I love this old shit. It. You should so look for cool. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should look for him in some of the movies. And he is That's like, amazing. I've, yeah. Oh, the way he moves. I, I, I would, I would definitely say that he keeps up with them, not that mm-hmm. they keep up with Gene Kelly. Like, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Oh, that's so great. great. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I it's love man. You. Yeah, this man is a legend. I love this, though. Now I can go back and watch the pirate and know. That's him. That that's Harold. Okay, so, so there was a little bit of uh, drama in the filming of this. Mm-hmm. So when they would do close-up of Leon, a.k.a. JT, yeah. singing, Michael Wright would be using his arms Okay. And it would end up covering Leon's face in some of the shots. So Uh-oh. when they, you know, the editor comes and tells Townsend, like, yo, there's a bunch of shit that's like fucked because he kept covering his face. And so Townsend doesn't take it as like, oh, it's an accident. He takes it as this man is too professional for that to be an accident, that he did it on purpose to be the lead of the band or whatever, whatever it is. So Townsend goes up to him and is like, yo, look, I know that that's what you were doing and that's fucked up. Did you do this because like you're wasting, you waste our film, like kind of deal. And he's like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do shit, but like with a smirk on his face kind of deal. So like they kind of got into a little bit of a scuffle and Michael Wright punches like a wall because he's like very upset and like, whoa, yeah. Oh my god. Michael Wright causing all the drama on set. Yeah. And all of this was happening in front of the the like studio heads that had come. <gasps> Stop it. They were on set on the at the time this was happening. That's terrible. They're there so trying to tell him they're there trying to tell him to cut some shit. You know, you're taking too long, you're spending too much money and shit. And yeah. then they have to witness oh, these dudes god. fighting with each other. That's terrible. Very terrible. But Harry 
dresser mm-hmm. in his deep voice just basically tells everybody like this is what they want they want us to fight they want us to not make this movie they want us to fail and we can't let that happen you know like this story needs to be told and this is all bigger than us and we need to like get our shit together and make this fucking movie and he's like saying this and they're all looking at him and he has like his like Malcolm X glasses on and they're like Malcolm is speaking to us bitch like he sent us to get our black asses out there I love it it's amazing. <laughs> it is pretty amazing. Oh my so, god. Of course. After it is. that, they were like friends, you know, they apologized and they went on to you know how dudes are. Yeah, they just like brush it off. Yeah, they beat each other up and then they're like, sorry, bruh. And then they're they're best friends again. <laughs> so yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Oh my god, drama, drama, drama. Drama, 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 drama. So much so... drama. That's all I pretty much have. I mean, that's a lot. We I have learned so much about this movie. You have no idea. And I'm going to keep on learning more and more. I can't wait to watch this documentary. Brilliant find. The Making of the Five Heartbeats. The Making I do of the have, Five Heartbeats. I do have another fun fact that I could not verify or see too much of like exactly what's going on now in the okay. world. This world sucks. But there should be a Five Heartbeats on Broadway. Oh! <gasps> That'll be brilliant. That'll be brilliant. If I'm not mistaken, it was like 19, 2019 or 2020 that it was supposed to. So since the world's kind of fucked, I feel like it's going to be a little longer before we we get to get a full taste of that amazingness. But I'm very excited. I don't know. I think it's on the precipice of doing it, though. I think they could. I mean, everything's opening on Broadway right now. Then, yeah, it should be coming back. This is the time to do it. I will do more research and hopefully it will tour and come here to LA so I can go see it. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a national tour for sure. That's where, oof. Get that Broadway money. Get that Broadway money. You got anything else, girl? No, girl. I am, I am just stoked on life right now. (laughs) Yes. I would definitely love you to watch the trailer so you could be as irate as I am about this. We should make our trailer for them. I will, and it will bring new people to the streaming sites that it's at. Oh my god, you know I typed in the five heartbeats onto TikTok to see, and there's so many videos of people reenacting all the scenes from the movie, and I love it. And now that you th- I think about it, I would love if you did a TikTok of you banging on the bathroom door. <gasps> Get Rashad to play uh, Flash to like close the door on you. You don't <laughs> go get it, because you... Ain't got, got it. it. <laughs> I have so that is one of my favorite lines of the movie. That and I gotta fight every night to prove my love. What you doing, my woman? Every night I have to prove my love when they do the shy brother thing. I fucking love that line. That gets me every, every time. time. Every time. I have a friend. She's a hot mama. And, you know, dudes be hitting on her and shit. And her husband, he has to fight every night to prove his love, to get these fools. To prove my love. To prove my love. And, like, they say it, I say it to them all the time. I just think it's hilarious. That's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. Annette, that was on her, that thing you do, it's her and her husband. They say Uh. And I'm glad that you brought that up, too, because I think that this movie would be a perfect double feature to go with that thing you do. It's like to have both of those movies play. I would That would be so fun. Yeah, that's my summer double feature in I the backyard this it's year. such a good idea. Yeah, so. 
That is what we got for Five Heartbeats. I hope that I opened some of your guys' eyes up to some facts you didn't know. Mm-hmm. I hope that I got people like Lenny here to Watch jump on the Five way. Heartbeat bandwagon and be a fan. Yeah. Fan for life. Like her parents. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Uh, I love it. I love you guys. I love you. So are you ready for the Z for the people? Uh, donate to the NAACP, bitch. Yeah. Like, what's what more black than that? Exactly. Go online. Look up <laughs> the NAACP, which has been around since, I want to say, 1926, 1927. Mm-hmm. Maybe even earlier, but like literally 20s. And it helps all of us, people of color, to, you know grow and to find our passion and to go into the world so donate your time donate your money to the NAACP in honor of Black History Month okay you're amazing (laughs) you're amazing I love you yeah go fucking donate (laughs) they are also um, the reason why we have Black History Month in the first place people they fought for us to do it and at first it was just Black History Week and then we got a, a whole month. And then a whole month. The shortest month of the year. We got it unlocked, black people. <laughs> so fucked up. So fucked up. But yes, hug a black person, love a black person, give them some money, give them some facts, give them something. We deserve it. It's our month, Black History Month. Black History Month, <laughs> 2022. Black 2022. Month. <laughs> okay. I love it. All right. Well, thank so you, do you so much. <laughs> Yes. Everybody for checking in with us 2022. I am so happy to be back looking at this beautiful face <laughs> <laughs> and concocting cocktails with you. Uh, you're listening to us, obviously, but go ahead and check us out on other platforms. We're all over the place. Check us out Podbean, Spotify, Lost in Paradise, Podcast Paradise. <laughs> you remembered. I love you. <laughs> Got me for a second. And you can stream <laughs> us. Go ahead and um, go ahead and check out our Instagram, our TikTok, having fun. Uh, always just trying to throw out those fun facts, interesting information. This crazy lady's always watching something. I'm always watching something, and we're always posting about what we're watching. So yes. check it out, baby. And send us an email if you've got any of those uh, Hollywood close encounters. If you have any of them, we like list- We really like to hear them. <laughs> Yes. And I'm collecting them and we're going to so have a whole episode. I'm collecting all of them. So go ahead and shoot us that email at a lights, camera, cocktail. No S. Get the S out of here. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. And we would love to get those Hollywood Close Encounters and recommendations for movies, drinks, and all of our fun filled activities. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh! Oh, I remembered something. Uh-oh. I feel like I'm starting to get a little drunky over here. <laughs> Thank you so much for drinking and watching a movie with me. Thanks for the five heartbeats. I will forever cherish this movie now. I love you. There would be some white people out there that I would suggest this to and would be worried that they wouldn't get it or like it or whatever. Mm. You are not that bitch, though. Nope, I'm not that bitch. 
As I, soon as I said it, I was like, girl, you're going to love this movie. You, you haven't know. seen it, you're going to love it. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't It was even an issue. Like, that was, we had, were throwing out movie ideas this month, y'all, and it was amazing. As soon as we started talking about it, this movie came up, and Zenobia's like, no, you're going to love it. Watch it. And I was like, yeah. I didn't even question it. <laughs> it did. I did watch other ones first, which was stupid. <laughs> it's okay. I, I don't know why, but I did jump in first and watch the movies, I think, that were more accessible. But right, right, right. That's pretty much why. Anyways, I'm getting off track. Uh, but yeah, tell everybody what movie we're gonna be doing next. Oh time. my gosh. Okay, so we discussed, and we have decided we're gonna go. We're gonna go a little more modern with this choice, and we're gonna watch *The Five Bloods*. Yeah, it's a Spike Lee joint, bitch. It's a Spike Lee joint. We got to do a Spike Lee joint for February. So here it is. We're going to check it out. You got to go watch it. It's on Netflix streaming. It's an original and it's so good, you guys. And I can't wait for us to talk about it and break it down. This has so many layers and it's going to get really, really deep next week. I'm serious. I need you guys to watch it, finish it before you make any judgments. It's a good movie. Until next time. This is Lights, Camera, Cocktails. I'm JT Matthews, and I can't control my dick. (laughs) That's my favorite line. My name is Anthony Stone, but they call me Rock. (laughs) Quiet boy, get the fuck out of here.